Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John, and today is Thursday, March 18th. Today, I've got a treat for you guys. I've got some wonderful new friends on the show. Sarah Stone Street and Aaron Kunkel are here. They are the founders of the Strong Women podcast, and we're going to talk a lot about women, the definition of women in the culture, the definition of what it means to be a strong woman in the church. And we're hoping that this is going to be a podcast that will not only encourage you, but encourage the young women in your life. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today, you guys. A couple of things I want to let you know about. Uh, I'm going to be starting tonight. I will be in Nashville for the Teach Some Diligently convention. I am there tonight and all day tomorrow. On Sunday, or on Saturday, rather, I'm going to be speaking for my friend Ken Ham at the Answers for Women conference. So if you want more information about those events, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. Also, we're about halfway through the month of March. We're working our way through B. Becoming Mom Strong, How to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and Your Faith. That's the book that we're going through for the month of March and for April, heading into Mother's Day. You guys, this is a great time for you to get connected with the women of Mom Strong International. And you can do that by going to MomStrongInternational.com. One more thing before I quit my housekeeping today, my friend Seth Gruber is going to be at the Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center in Vancouver, Washington tonight, giving a talk on how to become a pro-life apologist. If you've never heard Seth, you're in for a treat, and he's going to be spending the whole evening with you. Bring your young people And uh, Seth is going to talk about the very real merits of becoming a pro-life apologist in whatever sphere of influence God has you in. So it's going to be a night you're not going to want to miss. That starts at 7 p.m. tonight at the Homeschool Resource Center in Vancouver, Washington. All right, you guys, I'm excited today to have some new friends on the show with me. Sarah Stone Street and Aaron Kunkel are here with me today, and they have started the Strong Women podcast, which is one of the podcasts offered through the Colson Center. And they are telling the stories of women. Women who are demonstrating strength in the spheres of influence where God has placed them. And I'm excited to have them on the show with me today. Sarah and Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. Wow, that was amazing. You guys are like Chippendale. <laughs> <laughs> we that didn't even plan that. <laughs> I know. We do do that a lot, don't we, Sarah? Yes, we do. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good to have you guys here. Sarah and I are, you know, we're new friends and Aaron, you and I are brand new friends. But I had the the privilege, really, of meeting you, Sarah, a couple of weeks ago when I was in Colorado Springs to do an interview with Focus on the Family. And you started telling me about your Strong Women podcast. And I was like, shoot fire. Like every, every Christian woman needs to know about this podcast because you guys are doing something really cool, which is to help women keep our eyes on the definition of women as God defines them. So why Mm -hmm. did you guys start this? Tell me a little bit about it and let's jump into the role of women in the culture today. Yeah. uh, Well, so my mom came up to me two summers ago and she really grew up in the feminist movement and fortunately came to Christ and, but you know, her strong type A personality stayed with her and it's been incredible to watch God use that. But anyway, my mom came up and said, hey, let's write a book together because she and I had been talking a lot about this third wave feminism, which basically says 
middle finger to the chauvinistic world, down with the patriarchy and that sort of thing. And she said, that's not strength. And I had started a letter to my girls after the Women's March of 2017, mm. after Trump was elected, you know. I yeah, that was embarrassing. It was. I was yeah. like, why are you objectifying yourselves and st it just was, it was confusing. And so I started a letter to my girls and that is what started me thinking about, you know, how can I tell my girls without putting this, you know, what it means to be a woman in this tiny little box, but opening the world to them about what it means to be made in the image of God as a woman. And like, it's not this that the world is telling you. And sometimes often in the church, not always, and there, this is a generalization, but a lot of times we put a little box around it and define it like here, honey, stay here. Right, right. And, and so we wanted, we wanted to tell these stories of these women who in all different vocations, in all different locations, in all mm. different seasons of life are walking in Christ, walking in their giftedness and really demonstrating strength. And so that's what I started thinking about that. My mom ended up backing out of the project and I thought, Hey, if we're going to interview women, let's make it a podcast. So then I, the first person I thought of was Aaron because Aaron has been a dear friend for a while and is also a huge number one, number two, something like that strong woman in my life. And I'm so grateful for her friendship and just watching her live out her giftedness and her strength in her spheres of influence. So I said, Aaron, do you want to join me? And then Aaron said, what did you say, Aaron? <laughs> I said, of course. And especially when Sarah called and said, you know, what about this idea that her mom had about presenting to our girls a different picture of what it means to be a woman compared to what the culture is holding up. And of course, I was excited to do that. I have three daughters, five kids altogether, two sons, three daughters. Sarah has three daughters and a son. And so we're very much as we're, we're moms, we're homeschooling, we're raising our kids, and we are aware of what the culture is saying, like like Sarah mentioned, the Women's March, just what we even had dis on display Sunday night at the Grammys and the art that is portrayed and how women who are participating in this art, you know, just what's being held up as the ideal, as a strong woman. A strong woman at the Grammys on Sunday night is a woman who uses her body as a sexual object to stimulate and entertain the audience of men and women. Well, I want my girls to have a much deeper, broader picture of being a woman so that when they see that they're repulsed by it as we all should be. And so telling stories of women, I thought was just a perfect way to do that because it's not in a way where we're sitting our daughters down and lecturing them like, Hey, <laughs> don't do this, do that. We're actually painting a picture of look at all these women that God has made that he's gifted who aren't trying to reject their femininity, their being made as women. They're not trying to compete or overtake men or belittle men, but they are demonstrating strength in all kinds of ways. And it's been so fun to, even for Sarah and I, I mean, we had it with our daughters in mind, but we have 
been stretched and grown and so encouraged from hearing from all these different women. And really, the messages that our young daughters are getting, I mean, I am a mother of five daughters, and now I've got a granddaughter, and I'm having conversations with my youngest, my 10-year-old daughter that are very different than the conversations I had with my 30-year-old daughter, because the culture has shifted so much. And the ideas of what we have always known as women, what makes us strong intrinsically, it's not the shape of our body. It's not how sexual we can be. It is the strength of our character Mm -hmm. and what God has woven into us. And as you guys talk to women about what it means to be a strong woman and really what you're doing is you're setting, you're really setting the pace. You're like the pace car, right? That's out there in front of these young girls who for now decades have been lied to by Vogue magazine and Cosmo. And now we're telling our girls, oh, Even men can be women, right? Yeah. And so now it's getting even more confusing. When you look at the way that the culture has defined women and then you juxtapose that to the church, what kinds of messages do you think the church is sending? Let's start with the negative ones. When you look at how the church is defining women right now, how would you say that it is either helping or hurting our young women? Well, that is a loaded question. And I, I think, like loaded questions. I know. You're going to get a lot of them. <laughs> I know. Well, it's so good. And I think it'll be fun to unpack that. So I don't want to totally throw the church under the bus, but I think there are some threads, some common threads that come up that aren't helpful. And one of them is like, for example, a really good friend of mine asked me, it's a an older gentleman. He said, Hey, Sarah, I'd like to give my daughter a Bible study. What's a good women's Bible study? And which now I know I can say, how you St. John, but. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, shameless plug. I know. (laughs) But actually, I mean, I'm not trying to negate your Bible study, but my first response to him was, how about a good theological one? Like one that you would enjoy your daughter would probably enjoy too. So I think there's this like categorizing what women should learn. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And, and so a lot of the Bible studies are kind of fluffy or it's almost like condescending. Like, I'm not sure they can handle too much and we need to tie emotions in because we know all women are emotional, you know, kind of this assumption of the depth that women, we just can't handle. handle the truth. Yeah, you can't handle the truth. Which I think that's kind of one symptom of this bigger problem of kind of putting men and women into these boxes of roles. Like this is what you are supposed to do or this. I mean, these are just a lot of times just cultural roles because we can look back in church history and see how depending on culture roles shifted, didn't they? So Oftentimes we look through that lens. So this whole idea, I think of like a women's Bible study comes from thinking that women don't want meat the way men want meat. And what I mean by that is like a deep theological study you know, of the Bible. And it's oftentimes because women have been put in this box, whether we agree on roles or not, I don't actually think egalitarian or complementarian, I don't think it matters. If you think women can be pastors or not is not the question. Should women study theology? And the answer is always yes. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Because if a woman is staying at home with her children like I am, I need theology desperately. I need to know who God is, who I am in the image of that, how the universe works to get, I mean, I need to know all of this to raise my children. So whether I'm a pastor at a church or not, isn't the question. It's what are women? What are we capable of? And what do we need? And women need theology. We need it. And so oftentimes the roles thing is what has confused the conversation and oftentimes dumbed down what women are offered in the church as far as study, as far as instruction. And it it's just so unfortunate. And I think what goes along with that too is oftentimes women are put in charge of the children. And and we could talk about that for a long time. And obviously I'm saying this as a stay-at-home mother who homeschools her kids. I value that role. So don't hear me saying that. But the problem is it's like stay over with the children. And then while you're there, reminder, we don't really value children as equal, you know? So it's like a devaluing of children, which I think has seeped into the church. And I think that comes from the culture. And then it's like, see this unvalued, not as equal to the adults, children. Now, women, you can only be in charge of them. And you could see where the conflict comes in. Yeah. And and I was having an interesting conversation this summer. A friend of mine came up to me and said, hey, my church is the elders are voting on whether they should ordain women or not. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. And I said, okay. So we had coffee together and I asked her, well, are there women on the elders board? And she said, no. And I said, are they asking, so, like, are they bringing in women leaders in your church to join the conversation? She said, no. And I said, do any of the women in your church even care about this? And she's like, I don't think so. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, see, here's the problem. And this is what I would go to those elders with is I feel like sometimes in the church, the male leadership is like, well, I don't know. We need to do something about these women. So I guess we have to ordain them instead of just saying they're a valued participant in the church. So for example, I, I think my pastor does an excellent job of valuing the women in the congregation as like dignifying that they are an important member of the church. And so I'll just take this one example. So when the Black Lives Matter conversation was hot this past summer, he sent out an email to me and a couple other leaders in our church asking advice on, you know, how to proceed. And I said something, I don't even remember what it was. I'm sure it was amazing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> I said something and he used it in his sermon. He didn't give me credit and I didn't want credit. But to me that said, oh, he actually took me seriously. Does that make sense? This is what I'm trying to get to. 
yeah, yeah. is that women want to be taken seriously. Like, I, I feel like we miss each other as male and female, and we were intended for this deep friendship, this friendship that leads to kingdom building. And there's so, so much of the time we're assuming the worst of each other instead of looking at each other with charity. And even, even in the misunderstandings, being able to be charitable towards each other. And sometimes that means calling each other out. But if you have a relationship and you're not assuming the worst, then you can call each other out without getting victimhood on it, you know? Well, we've seen the church over the years. I mean, I grew up in the 70s in a very, I would say, uh, you know, traditional church. And there were things happening in our home which were not very cool. And I remember my mom, you know, going to the pastor and trying to be taken seriously. And it was an uphill battle. I mean, the whole thing was just an uphill battle, right? Then fast forward now, we realize that this 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 legalism isn't working. Then you go into the 80s and now you got the liberty, right? That that dragon's going to swing right back around and the other side of it's going to hit you now because we realize this doesn't work. So now let's try this one. Now we're in a season and then we swung back in the homeschool movement. You guys have watched this, right? Legalism in the homeschool movement where women were relegated to this very specific role in this very specific box. And I think what it what it misses, and now we're back to liberty again, right? Because that's what we always do in the culture. We swing from legalism to liberty. And it, it's like we can never figure it out, right? Jesus said that the, the road was going to be narrow and few people would find it because we're always so busy in the ditches. We're either in the ditch of liberty or in the ditch of legalism. The church has really, I think, pushed this sort of stereotype of women. One of the women I saw, though, transcend this was Kay Arthur coming out with precepts. She she saw something that I thought was really important back in the 90s, which was to say, okay, women need other women, right? We need the fellowship. We need the encouragement. And she started doing really meaty Bible studies, right? She started doing Precepts International, which is really a form of inductive. And that's what I did in Bible college. That's where my husband and I met. And so I kind of really got into Bible college in the sort of tradition of inductive study of the Bible. But but Kay brought this around to everybody. And what she said was, wow, this study of the word, the way that you guys can study the word is to actually really get in there and do the hard work. But I think part of the problem isn't just a stigma from the church and our, our moving with the cultural whims of the day. It's that we've forgotten that the study of God's word actually takes intellectual energy. It takes work. It's not this, you know, oh, hey, I read, you know, five minutes in Jesus calling today and therefore I've done my Bible study, right? I'm agreeing with you in the sense that I say, wow, the church in part of it, you know, because we've done these these studies with our women's groups over the years that really have been so fluffy that, you know, all we're really trying to do is spend a little bit of time together, make sure our kids are taken care of in the nursery, do a craft, talk about how hard motherhood is and go home. And and that actually can't, that's not going to cut it in the, anymore. It, it's not going to cut it anymore because we're dying. We're, we're dying in the culture. We're dying on the vine. We're dying in our in our ability to reach the culture with the change that comes from a living, breathing relationship with Jesus. And part of it's on us because we're not willing to do the hard work of actually getting in there and saying, I am going to devote, you know, 30 minutes. I can do it. There's a woman. I'm not going to let you guys talk, I promise, but it makes me mad. There was a woman that listened to me a couple of years ago at a conference I was speaking at, and it was right around the time that we were launching Mom Strong International. And the studies that we do are meaty. They're not 
I want these women to know the word. So we do them very much in an inductive style. And she said to me, well, I don't have time to do that. Do you have anything that's, she goes, I only have like 15 minutes. She obviously didn't know me very well because she wouldn't have said that. <laughs> and I just said, I said, you know, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but how long did it take you to get your hair colored? Because I love the balayage thing you got going on. <laughs> and she was like, oh dear. Uh, like about four hours. I'm like, yeah, that that's right. And then I said, did you did you maybe go to Starbucks on your way there? And went, yeah, I did. I said, you know, how much time are you taking going to the gym or the things that you like to do? You know, and she knew where I was going. But my point was, this isn't not an issue of whether or not we have time. It's a priority issue. And I think as women, we need to start talking about that again. If we are going to reclaim the role that God intended for us to have, and look at Deborah, for goodness sake, and Esther and Ruth and these amazingly strong women in the Bible, Corey Tenboom, Elizabeth Elliot, women of, throughout history who have demonstrated that when you walk with God, he can bring you into incredible spheres of influence. He can use you to change the face of a nation, but we have to want to walk with him. And I wonder if we've kind of lost our want to. Sure. And I, I love that point, Heidi, about it really about laziness. And I think that's a, a human condition that we all struggle with is, you know, laziness or making excuses for ourselves. And, and so, me yeah, too. I, I should say that I struggle totally. with it too. I'm not trying to act like the perfect person. I just feel like, <laughs> man, we better talk about why this is hard because it's a spiritual struggle. Yeah. And, and it is hard. And I think we do need to have the courage to say to one another, hey, this is hard. We're not saying it's easy, but what we're saying is it's good and it's necessary. And if we want to be women that glorify God in this culture, in this time, in our homes and in our relationships outside our homes, then we have got to be women of the word. We have got to be women who are spending time with the source of knowledge, of joy, of peace, of all of these things so we can be transformed. It we can't you can't expect expect transformation in a five minute devotional and then to your point, the rest of our day filled with other things. Now we are all three of us are busy mothers. So you know you hear the the woman saying, I don't have time and we relate to that because we all are so scheduled out, but we make we make room for the things that are important, for our hair, <laughs> for our exercise, things that are legitimately important. And that's good and that's fine. But where are we placing our theological training, our time of knowing who God is and the time that we know that it takes to really transform who we are? And one thing Sarah and I have noticed just about as we've done this podcast and started and interviewed these amazing women, one thread that we've noticed throughout is these women who have faced struggle and times of great grief or um, whatever it is, so often they turn to the study of theology. It's like they, they go to a systematic theology book. Johnny Erickson Tata was the first one we interviewed. That became so clear. She has this accident. When she's 17 years old, she becomes a quadriplegic. And how does God pull her out of that? He pulls her out by her deep study of theology. She starts reading systematic theology through bringing these great hymns that she was raised on to her mind that mm -hmm. are rich with theology. And, and so you're just hearing her story and you can't help but recognize, oh, this was a woman who devoted herself 
to to God and to the study of who he was. I hope you guys are enjoying this interview with Sarah Stone Street and Erin Kunkel of the Strong Women Podcast. It's always an encouragement to me when I get to talk to women who are raising their children. They see the value in motherhood. They're grateful for the opportunity God has given them to impact the souls of their children. But they also recognize that God has something he wants them to do. And uh, this has been the heartbeat behind what they're doing. And I love it so much. You guys can check them out at the Colson Center org forward slash strong women. Before I go today, I'm going to let you guys know I would love to see you come out and say hello if you're in Nashville. I'm in Nashville this weekend for Teach Them Diligently. I'll be there today and I will be there tomorrow. On the 20th, I'll be speaking at the end of the Answers for Women conference and I hope to see a bunch of you there. It's been a long time and I'm very much looking forward to just hearing what God's doing in your life, praying with you, encouraging you. We need that encouragement. You guys, speaking of encouragement, it encourages us when you support this this podcast financially, and you can do that by going to the show notes today. I will link back to how you can do it. If the podcast has been an encouragement to you, if you're thankful for what God is doing here and you want to encourage us, that is a great way for you to do it. Don't forget also tonight at 7 p.m. at Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center, Seth Gruber is speaking on becoming a pro-life apologist. So thanks for listening today, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow for part two of my interview with Sarah Stone Street and Aaron Kunkel at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com. 